Joining me today on our first segment uh, to discuss fantasy cross country is Michael Gray, who runs for Otterbein University in Ohio. Mike, Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me on, Gavin. I'm excited to talk about this upcoming fantasy cross country season. Oh yeah, very exciting, very exciting time of the year. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, and we'll go into it more, but this is kind of my pride and joy. There's nothing I take more pride in than my fantasy cross country. It gets a lot of fun, and you've been right there uh, long for the ride, just about as long as it started. So uh, it was only fitting you were here to talk about it with me today. And uh, now correct me if I'm wrong, but fantasy cross country, although it's very extremely in insignificant, feels a lot bigger than when we first started doing it our freshman year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Our freshman year, it was district meet, um, just kind of testing it out. We're like, this could be something pretty cool we do in the future here. But uh, now it's like a full-on thing. Like, I'm I'm scared to lose now more than I want to win just because of the, uh, the the new idea for the punishments. So. Yeah, those get worse every year, and we'll go into more depth about that. Um, but like you mentioned, we started our freshman year. Our friend group of four, you, me, and then our other two teammates, Luke and Zach, we were talking about the OHSAA Central District Cross Country Championship race. So for those of you familiar with the Ohio cross country scene, that'll be familiar, the most competitive uh, district in the state. Uh, and we ended up doing it again for the state meet. So essentially what we did, four of us came together, we drafted people from the Central District the first time, then the state meet, and we just kind of tallied our scores as if our teams were running against each other. And uh, we had a lot of fun with this. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe Michael won both. So he was kind of the veteran statesman of both. Uh, I think I came in second and one third in the other. So we had a lot of fun with that. And we carried it into next year. And we told our coach about it. And he was like, huh, I love that idea. And now I'm um, not going to go too far in depth with the first year we did it. Um, and kind of a little disclaimer, we never wagered or put anything on this. This was just for fun. Uh, but our coach did love the idea and said, you guys should do this as a team. You guys would have a lot of fun. And so we did. That first uh, sophomore season of high school kind of formed the league. And we sort of realized this is something a lot of people would like to do. So we almost went out of our team, but we ended up just getting seven guys on our high school team to play. And uh, essentially what we did, we took eight runners and you could draft any runner in the state of Ohio. And essentially everyone drafted eight runners. And every week we had head-to-head matchups, kind of like fo fantasy football. <laughs> and we all raced in this theoretical head-to-head -head fantasy matchup. And it's just like any other dual fantasy, uh, any dual cross-country meet. Low score wins and you keep track of your record as the season progresses. And at the end of the season, top teams play in the championship. Losers run race in this toilet bowl. And uh, this was a lot easier to do in high school, I would say, and you can piggyback on me after this. Um, but in high school, everyone runs every week, whereas in college, everyone staggers their schedule to be two to three weeks apart. So in Ohio, at least, this, I feel like this was a lot easier to do in high school. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, besides, like, the one week where, like, none of your runners would want to run and you'd have to, like, accept a guaranteed loss, um, you could – I feel like you and I could always pretty easily get our way into the championship, uh, into the championship race because that we just did more research than everybody else. We just cared about it a little bit too much, I would say, <laughs> uh, but it definitely made it a lot more fun. So, yeah, when you have a group of guys who are just really into it, I think that makes it more entertaining. And uh, we're kind of at the point of the off season or the preseason that uh, I think people are starting to get sick and tired of me just talking about what's to come, and we're just kind of excited to get get started, but. Uh, so let's kind of go back in time. First year, sophomore season, um, 
I believe you and I had the best two teams and maybe one other person kind of having us cut who the best three teams were. We all three entered the championship that year uh, believing we were going to win. And I don't know if you remember too much about that, but that was the year like Zach Kraft, Dustin Hoarder. So everyone kind of had their dominant guy. I had Chad Johnson with the eighth pick or seventh pick. Uh, Do you remember who you had that year? I believe I had Conant Smith, actually. Um, Because I was picking picking late. Um, So like the Zach Krefts, the uh, Dustin Hoarders, I believe... Uh, yes, and you had Chad Johnson. It's so, like the top three, like clear-cut guys, were already taken. So I had to take kind of a more of a wild card guy to hopefully end up competing. And he ended up getting like second or third fastest time of the day. So it kind of saved saved me there. Yeah, I believe it or not, I took a look back at that order. I I thought I picked like fourth or something. Chad Johnson went the last pick in the first round, and I think that was purely because that was our first year doing it. We were like, oh, he runs in D three bad competition he's not going to really compete much but as we learned chad johnson is just head over heels better than everyone else in the state of ohio that year and uh he definitely helped my team a lot i remember you you were really high on Conant smith and it proved out to be right because over the course of those next two years he was one of the top four top five guys in the state of ohio um but neither of us won that year so that's disappointing uh uh, ultimately we had a lot of fun so we started doing it again in junior year we had our first upset winner. Um, this was the year I dominated. Um, I believe my team name was like the Central Ohio Chaches or something like that. Um, so that's one team name I can uh, repeat. But we had a great time. I think that year I went like 9-1, and one, which is still probably the best season. I mean, other than maybe your senior year. Uh, but what do you remember from that junior season? What kind of like happened uh, to your team? Uh, my junior year, I... I tried to, I went more risky with my draft that year. It didn't pay off for me that well. I was probably two and two at the start of the year, and I was embarrassed because I'm like, I tried so hard in that draft and I was getting my butt beat. But then I made a quick pick middle of the year. Vincent Mari picked him up. No one had him yet. He had yet to really have that breakout race. Um, I kind of got him right before it. Um, he boosted my team up. I was able to like scoot into the championship despite being like fifth in the regular season or something like that. But um, ended up getting beat in the championship by uh, our coach once again, who got lucky for the second year in a row. I'm not going to – I'm going to sell him short here. He got lucky two years in a row. Um, Should have been me. <laughs> yeah, that second season we went into it, I was like, all right, I'm the best team. I, I, I think I had, like, Malachi Bronson. I took him in, like, the sixth round or something like that, and he was a top guy. Um, I forget who my first runner – I think that year I had uh, Conant Smith. I had, like, the second pick. So I had Conant Smith, the best runner in the state. I had Malachi Bronson. Um, I had two other guys, and I just had a very formidable top four that just didn't really perform at the state meet. And, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Coach did not deserve that win that second year. I'll give it to him <laughs> his first year. I think he might have had the best team. But that second year, I vaguely remember being like, yep, I had a better team. <laughs> but, hey, props to him. That's two in a row. He sedimented himself as a quote-unquote Hall of Fame fantasy cross-country manager that year. And, um, he probably proved why he was a high school cross-country coach by winning fantasy cross-country two years in a <laughs> <Yeah>. row. <laughs> yeah, he definitely deserved it um, at the end of the day. He knew what he was doing. He was, both years he was uh, asserted himself as one of the best uh, managers. He just he knew what he was doing. He cared a lot. And I really appreciate him <laughs> doing that. Um, kind of stepping in when we didn't have enough people to really fill a roster of teams. But moving on to senior season, um, this was the year I moved out of state. So we kind of had a little bit different rules. You could take all Ohio guys, 
but you could also draft me. And although that sounds <laughs> insignificant, you'll soon find out that the pick of the draft ended up being the one kid from Texas you could take. <laughs> so this year, Michael dominated. I beat him in the first meet of the year, which turned out to be one of the most important um, games of the year because Michael's only a loss. Um, so my team, I think, lost twice that year, three times maybe. Um, other people we had in that year, we had my old coach. We had similar people from other years. We had our friend Colin, our friend Luke, who has done it all five years. I believe that year we had uh, Brady might have done it. Uh, but essentially, it's just a lot of our old teammates back at Jonathan Otter in Plain City. A lot of fun. But that year, Michael, I'll let you go ahead take it away. Tell them about your team and what happened. Well, my team was solid all year. I had no competition whatsoever through the regular season. I was... I'd never been that confident going into a championship. I The year before, like I said, I kind of like scooted into it, kind of backed into the championship, kind of lucky. Um, and the year before that, I was good, but I wasn't like top tier, like better than everybody else good. But that that last year, I was I was stacked. I had, um, I think I had uh, the guy from St. Xavier. I can't remember his name. Oh, Nate um, Mountain. Average, you had him too. Yeah, I had Nate Mountain. I got him in like the fourth round. Um, just totally it shows that. how how much how much depth I had that year, and I was my team just in the state meet just did not run that fast. They ran, I mean, they all kind of did their jobs. Um, everybody, they were all podium runners, but the course was just just slow enough that Colin, who is kind of he was probably the third or fourth best team that year, um, was able to um, have some guys have um, great days. Just um, so he's right with me. And so it all comes down to Gavin's state meet like a week or two later. I, if Gavin runs faster than a 1540, he wins. If he runs slower, I win. And Gavin, I'll let you tell him what you <laughs> ran at your state meet, at, which happened to be a much faster course than the OHSAA state championship course was that year. So, Yeah, I will, I will concede that. The, uh, the Texas state meet, um, they always run the McNeil earlier in the meet year. Uh, that, that was like 3.23. So going into it, I was like, okay, this is 3.1. This is going to be a very fast race. I went 15.49 at the state preview earlier that year. Very confident. I remember getting a text from Michael. was like, good luck. I hope you run a 15.40. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously when it comes down to states a week later, um, I'm not thinking about fantasy cross country when I'm racing. But it was in the back of my mind when I finished. I was like, wow. I just cost Michael a state champion, uh, fancy cross country championship because I ran at fifteen thirty six that day. It was really cool. Um, Colin was very appreciative of my efforts, um, but yeah, he did not have the best team that year. I think. I think as the year progressed, we re you and I realized Colin's team was a threat. Um, he's he he was very active on the waiver wire. I don't know why I remember this, but he had Mitchell Dunham, and uh, for those of you who don't really know the names we're mentioning. Uh, I don't really expect you to. Uh, these guys are kind of the Ohio um, top 10 guys back then. They're not we, One thing Ohio has never done, they've never sent a big batch of people like NXN and Foot Locker, other than that one year when Kreft, Johnson, Scrape, Porter all went. Um, but this is just kind of fun for us because these are guys that we grew up racing. We had a lot of fun with them. And it was just a, really cool to be able to like, okay, this race matters more than for just one reason. But we never really let it get in the way of our racing. So that was always really cool. And uh, so Colin ends up winning our third year we did it. And um, just to kind of overview, we had a toilet bowl. And we had a different loser all three years. Uh, we had one year our friend Zach lost. And his punishment was to get kicked out of the league. 
The next year, Brady <laughs> lost another one of our teammates. What was his punishment? Well, he got kicked out of the league too. And uh, I believe we reintroduced Brady that third year. I think Brady lost the first year actually. And um, third year we did it. We never did a punishment for the loser because our next year, going into my you and I's freshman season, we realized we really wanted to do it again, but we didn't really know how to incorporate into college. So I know you and I, I remember you and I talking about it. We were like, we kind of got to figure out how to do this. And uh, I think we just kind of came up with the idea one night playing video games, probably playing Fortnite up late. Um, realized we wanted to do it again. So I got from some of you guys back from the league in Ohio, got some of my college teammates back. And I think we had a really good time last year. We had a nice group of eight, some of my college teammates, two of you guys, Michael and Luke. Who I've mentioned before, and really, I thought uh, I'll let you take this one, Michael. What do you think of the first year of college cross country? Um, it was a lot more difficult than Ohio cross country. I mean, you got to be paying attention to courses from all over the country that may or may not be the actual right distances, and I feel like, and the terrain of the courses are like a lot different. Like during the season, you definitely want guys from like California and like the South because they're just running faster times. Um, but then once Nationals comes along, like, you can get those guys, like, for Gavin, Beatles come, ended up winning him the championship, versus I didn't even, like, I had the opportunity to trade for him, I didn't want him at all, because of just how the times he had been running all year, I didn't think he'd be able to compete. Um, but yeah, see, so, I mean, you gotta get those guys that are, running, that are running fast times early in the year, so you can get in, you gotta avoid the toilet bowl, because that's the ultimate, the ultimate goal is to not lose. Um, you wanna win, but you cannot lose, because it's, um, Bad. The punishments are bad now. Um, so, yeah, you got to avoid the toilet bowl, first priority. Then once you're in the championship, then you start making some moves to get some of those Northeast guys, the Midwest guys that are maybe running a little bit sl slower courses uh, that can kind of win you that championship when the, when the time comes. Yeah, there's a whole lot, like a whole different chapter of strategy that goes into involved for cross-country. Like you mentioned, the different regions, different courses. Uh, not only that, but it's like, different schedules so like one week and then you might race a week that isn't even on the schedule so we're not even racing and if you have a runner like nico young and this happened to me last year i didn't even get to score him um of course we fixed the bug in the schedule this year so that we will make sure they do race but i mean last year that was a trial run really and um it was just really cool to see how it panned out and like you mentioned i finally got the monkey off my back I got my first fancy cross-country championship. Let me tell you something. That was so fulfilling. <laughs> I wanted that so bad. And um, it was pretty cool, though, because really it's cool that we were together for the um, for the days leading up to the championship in Cincinnati. Uh, we were kind of able to make trades. So once you get to the championship oh, yeah. and the toilet bowl, the races separate. So the, two team, the, the three teams in the toilet bowl and the five teams in the championship race, they kind of – work together to help each other. So I made a trade with one guy. I said, you can take three of these five guys and I'll, you have to give me Wesley Kip too. I knew my team had plenty of depth, but I needed another front runner. So I gave him like Vincent Kiprop, um, Isaiah Rodriguez, and Amon Kemboy. So three really got good guys that finished in the top 20 for Wesley Kip too. And ultimately that helped me win the championship. Uh, you even made a trade. I think you gave up like Shea Foster and Josh Methner for- well, it, was, it was a big trade for me. I got I got Biennenfeld for Methner. Um, I, I, yeah, I gave up Foster too, but I also got somebody else. I can't remember who it was, but yeah. it ended up being, it's really screwed Luke over and it, it, got, it saved me from the punishment, honestly, that trade did. So um, good trade for me. 
Yeah, knowing what happened last year, you kind of came in more unprepared than you did for any other Ohio high school um, fantasy league. But knowing you, you're you're just as competitive as me. You, if there's anyone who's more competitive than me, it's you. So I know you're not going to let that happen this year. You've already been doing your research. Um, so we're all very excited for this upcoming season. We still haven't conducted the, uh, the mini punishment for the loser, but that's pretty harmless. It's not going to be too bad. It's going to be some fun with the guys. Um, but this past off season, um, we started introducing these off season articles and the guys kind of ate it up. So real quickly to like, kind of like show you what fans cross country is all about. We kind of like started writing articles for each other, making announcements, like introducing the team names that way. So like we really made it really interactive. And I think that's really when fantasy cross country, you're like, this is like more than just a seasonal thing. This is all the time thing. We have a lot of fun with it. I mean, we just make fake rumors. We just make great funny rivalries so we can have rivalry during the season. But uh, we got a few changes this year, like conference champion gets a minus two points off there. Um, their point total for that week. So it's a lot of fun. Really excited to see um, the conclusion of this year. And uh, I don't know, is there anything you're looking forward to most this season? Coming for your crown this year. I'm I'm not coming up short again. I've, I've come up I've come up second twice this year. I barely didn't. I was in the toilet bowl, unfortunately. Um, barely didn't. Uh, I escaped that punishment by the skin of my teeth. Um, yeah, and this year I'm getting in the championship race, and I'm I'm coming for you. Yeah, so this year we have 13 people instead of eight, or the usual seven or eight. Uh, so team drafts a lot deeper. You have to draft 10 this year instead of eight, just just to accommodate for that first week, which is really difficult in college uh, uh, fantasy cross country. So 130 guys are getting drafted. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, but you're going to have to do a lot of research, and trades are going to be important. And I'm going to be honest, if you don't make free agency pickups, you don't make trades, you're going to find yourself in the toilet bowl. Because I believe that structure this year is six teams in the championship, seven in the toilet bowl. And those teams in the toilet bowl, like in the championship, you know there's going to be one to three teams that are going to win. Toilet bowl, anybody can lose. So you don't want to be there like you mentioned earlier. Um, but before we kind of segue into the next segment, talk about the South Central Cross Country Preview, um, I got to ask you this before we close it up. If you had the first pick, and I'm – promise I'm not going to use this against you. I kind of have my own strategy already planned out. If you have the first pick this year, if you happen to land the first draft choice, who are you taking and why? I mean, so there's guys like Nico Young and Dylan Jacobs that I feel like most people would take first. Um, they're pretty safe picks, but I feel like I w I'd take Charles Hicks, honestly. I feel like he's so young right now. Um, he's, on, he's, he's on the come up big time. Um, fourth place at D1 Nats and Cross this year. Um, I'm pretty uh, third or fourth in the 10K with a busted nose. Um, just so young. He's training with Kai Robinson every day. He's got somebody there to push him. Um, Dylan Jacobs is transferring schools, so it's going to make it never know with that adjustment period. Nico's got those guys to train with him, but I just I feel like it's not his time yet. I feel like this is it's Charles Hicks's year. Um, and if I had the first pick, which um, I don't think I'm going to, um, but if I if I somehow get the first pick, um, I'm taking Charles Hicks with it. So, yeah, I like Charles Hicks too. He's definitely in my top five of guys I'd like to pick. Um, I've, we kind of talked about this earlier. I'm actually going with his teammate Cole Sprout. You give me the first pick. I uh, usually like to play it safe. Last year I took Nico Young, even though I didn't expect him to win the championship. Probably just took Mans, but um, I really like 
Cole Sprout this year. I think being a little risky at the top is going to pay off, but at the same time, you kind of know Cole Sprout's going to provide at the end of the year. He's going to be a top 13 runner, so I feel pretty safe taking him first, but like you said, Charles Hicks, another guy you can't go wrong with, and uh, hopefully the guys aren't listening to this kind of stealing off of us, because it's pretty <laughs> well known that you and I know, uh, at least are going to hope we know what we're doing, so... Uh, but anyways, Michael, it was great having you on the show. I really appreciate you uh, hopping on at a moment's notice and uh, discussing some fantasy cross-country with me. I'm always down to discuss some fantasy cross-country. Thanks for having me on, Gavin. Yeah, for sure. And we'll make sure we catch up with Michael later uh, this year talking about more fantasy cross-country. And uh, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to hop into the South Central Regional Preview, and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Uh, before we get started uh, previewing the South Central Regional Championship, first I'd like to thank Michael for joining the show for the first time. Very excited for him to join the show in future episodes when we really go into depth about fantasy cross country. Uh, I promised you guys I would speak about it often. Uh, something I'm really passionate in. Take a lot of pride in that league, even though it's not much of a payoff other than just seeing my friends have fun. That's really enough for me. I have a lot of fun with it too. Uh, but I've told my friends back when I started this podcast, I was like, look, really looking forward to having you guys on this podcast. This is more, even more than just me. Uh, I can't, can't thank their support enough. And that goes beyond just Michael. Other friends that I have that have been supporting me so far, thank you all. I'm very excited to have you all on the show. And uh, one more message before we get started. Uh, if you are any, anybody is interested in buying some ad time i'm more than willing to communicate with you uh discuss possibly adding some ads to this podcast make it a little bit official uh really looking forward to taking this podcast to the next step and that's really what i think it takes to do that it would be great to be able to introduce some ads kind of going between the breaks so if you are interested reach out to me via instagram twitter whatever uh we can talk about it and uh kind of see what we can do but uh with that being said let's jump right into the south central regional i will not waste any more time uh we'll start with the women's arkansas they enter 2022 looking to defend their south central regional championship having yet to drop a regional championship contest since 2010. Uh, razorbacks have won 10 straight and it doesn't look like they're slowing down anytime soon as they do return six of their seven runners from a year ago and uh, once again this team is going to be the team to beat in the south central region Rice, they finished second last year. They were led by Grace Forbes, who really skyrocketed into stardom on the track this season. They finished second, she finished second in the 10K at the NCAA Championships. Uh, she won this event last year, though. She was a South Central champion, and she, like Arkansas, Rice returned six of their top seven from last year. And they should be in position to make it out to Stillwater for a second straight season if everything goes according to plan. And I say if because you have a very talented Texas squad right on your heels. Uh, the Longhorns, they finished third last year and they returned all seven of their runners. So that's an improvement from the Arkansas and Rice teams ahead of them. Uh, the Longhorns, they're a very young team and they're gonna be looking to make a name for themselves after losing to Rice by just five points last year. They're really one star away from pulling away from Rice and uh, wouldn't be surprised if they did develop someone into that top level star that they are looking for. And I really like the Longhorns to close that gap on Rice, and I think they're ultimately going to finish second in the region behind Arkansas. Behind the top three teams, LSU and Abilene Christian are the two teams on the rise. 
The Tigers and Wildcats finished fourth and fifth, respectively, last season, and they looked to build on their distance program's momentum. Behind Kitty and McDonald, LSU sported an intriguing two and three duo made up of two freshmen, Lorena Rangel Betres and Ashley Lajoices, which could really help LSU close the gap between them and a chance to qualify out to the national championship, which would be very interesting to see. With that being said, LSU, their window is closing. Uh, that's very easy to see with McDonald soon on her way out with another top five member also leaving after this season. Uh, this is going to be a very important and telling year for this LSU's distance program. Uh, they really need to build on the momentum they're building and uh, continue bringing in key contributors uh, to aid this roster, which is really, really talented. And I'm very excited to see how they compete at the South Central Regional this year. Some top individuals, we've already hit on her a little bit. Grace Forbes has got to be a favorite after her second place finish, like I mentioned, in the 10K this spring. She finished 45th at Nationals a year ago, and she's really going to look to establish herself as one of the top distance runners in the nation. Wouldn't be surprised to see her do that again. Uh, behind her, Isabel Van Camp and Lauren Gregory from Arkansas. Uh, Camp finished 8th in the 5K at the National Championships this spring, and she finished 2nd at this meet one year ago. And she'll look to do much of the same as last season and help this Razorback team improve on their 8th place finish at Nationals from a year ago. Gregory, on the other hand, she finished 3rd here last year. She's one of, if not my favorite, runner in the NCAA. I love the way she competes and runs each race. She's not afraid of running in the front pack, regardless of the pace that is set. But she's incredibly mature and seems to have an innate ability to determine if a specific threat is serious or not. And I think that's very underrated, especially for one of those top runners who's really on the brink of breaking through to her first national championship. She qualified to nationals in both the 5 and 10K this year as well. She finished fifth in her off event, the 5K, and she even qualified for a U.S. championships this season in the 1500. So she is just as well-rounded as anybody else in NCAA. And I really like Gregory this year. I think she'll finally get back, uh, get the monkey off her back and finish inside the top five at Cross Country Nationals, competing for the win right there with Mercy Chilingot and Caitlin Tui, who are seem to be the two presumptive favorites heading into Stillwater this fall. Irene Rono, you got to mention her from Abilene Christian, finished fourth a year ago at this meet. And she's coming off a 26th place finish in the West Preliminary Meet this spring. And she's leader of the fast-growing Wildcat distance program and really holds key to this team's future success. Uh, a win for Rono could mean even greater things for Abilene Christian moving forward. And she's more than capable of uh, sticking with the leaders through the first 5K. And if you make it to the final 1,000 of any race, you always give yourself a chance to win. Uh, she's the key to this program, key uh member of the Abilene Christian Wildcats, and I think she has a chance to really turn this program into a contender for years to come. Grace Plain from Texas A&M is my sleeper for this race, though. I don't think she's necessarily a sleeper to make it out to Stillwater, as she is one in one of the more difficult regionals to qualify individually, um, but she's certainly going to be in the mix. Don't count her out. Uh, she's coming off a 51st place finish at this meet a year ago, so she's going to have a lot of room, to, uh, a lot of ground to make up. Uh, with that being said, she finished 9th in SEC 10K and 13th in the 5K, and conditions this year in Mississippi were brutal. So she's off. She's a very tenacious athlete, clearly, and with one more summer of training in College Station, she could very well be one of the biggest sleepers this fall season, and I wouldn't be surprised to see her racing in Stillwater uh, in November. My picks already mentioned. Arkansas will dominate 
And I think Texas will upset Rice to qualify out to Stillwater as the second team out of the South Central Regional. And I'll go ahead and make my first uh, bold prediction of the summer. Uh, I'm taking Lauren Gregory to take down Grace Forbes, but not only that, I'm going to go ahead and say Caitlin Tui too. I'm taking Lauren Gregory to beat Caitlin Tui in Stillwater this November, and I think the only person she'll lose to is Mercy Chalingat, so that'll be my one, two, and three predictions uh, for this fall championship race. Transitioning now to the men's, uh, to no surprise, Texas and Arkansas, they're really going to run away with the South Regional uh, again. Um, they're both scored over 120 points, more than third place last year. They beat Arkansas State decisively. And there's really little to no debate as to which teams will come out of the South Central this year and head to Stillwater. But instead, the real question is going to be, can Texas build on their success and win their third straight and really continue building on this legacy they're building, this dynasty they're building down in Austin? They're really becoming one of the most powerful, most the biggest powerhouse team in Texas and possibly the nation. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the Longhorns build on that success. However, that took a hit this week um, when it was announced Yassine Abdallah will be leaving Texas to join Coach Carlson and Dylan Jacobs at Tennessee. But the Longhorns are still a team to beat in South Central, in my opinion. Everyone else from their young core returns, aside from Abdallah, and uh, the Longhorns are certainly going to be a force to be reckoned with. And they're probably the most well-equipped team to win this region. Uh, not only do I like Texas to win the South Central region, but I think they're going to finish inside the top 10 at the national meet in 2022 and like i mentioned big things coming from the boys in austin texas this season arkansas is another interesting case though considering the weaker regional they do have some some things they need to sort out but this team enters the year significantly underwhelming in contrast in comparison to last year's team they lose them on Camboy, they lose gilbert Boyd. they're both gone and with just emmanuel chesabom and andrew kibbett returning however they only have one year of eligibility left but there's plenty of depth on this team. And in addition to that, this team has a lot of veteran leadership, which is something Arkansas has always done a really good job of doing. And it's really gonna come down to a battle between veteran leadership and a young core. So Texas and Arkansas, they're on a collision course. Really excited to see how it goes, but I don't think it's gonna be a, that three point margin of victory this year. I do think Texas out edges them by maybe five to 15 points this year. Some individuals to watch, you gotta take a look for half two night from Texas. Uh, Knight just barely edged out a win at the regional meet last year and he returns with hopes of defending his title once again. He's, and he quietly is putting together an awfully impressive collegiate career. And I think this is really when he's positioned himself to battle for All-American honors this fall. He's more than capable of doing so considering his range and he should be the favorite to win the South Central Regional. Kwanelli Methembu from Texas State is right behind him. He lost uh, tonight by just 0.7 seconds last season. So he's going to be looking for redemption. He's more than capable of knocking off Knight and taking that South Central crown. Um, interesting enough, the last two these two uh, men meet, met, they both DNF the West Preliminary race they were in. So this contest is just a little bit more interesting because of that. They both share a, share a similar background. They're both looking for redemption, and it should be a hotly contested race. Manuel Chesabom from Arkansas, he's another one I think is more than capable of catching Nathan Mathembu. Uh, last year, the Razorbacks trio, they helped carry along the rest of their squad and sacrificed a potential regional championship by pack running. Didn't finish as high as you would have thought they would have. Um, without Kemboy and Boyd this season, I do think Chesabom will have free reign to attack early and set this race's pace from the get-go. 
And I think a race like that really favors Chesbump. He seems to strive on his feet late. And uh, I really think he's a true favorite to win this race the longer it goes. Um, my sleeper in the men's race is Cruz Gomez from Texas. He put together a three very strong college seasons so far. And I think he's really ready to take that next step and do what it takes to become a star in this sport. He finished ninth in this race last year, but he dipped under 14 in the 5K this spring. And not only that, but he qualified for the West preliminary race in the 1500. So he has immaculate range. He has plenty of endurance. And I think he's a serious threat entering this race next year. But it's just not just that. He qualified for the DMR with Texas twice in the Indoor National Championships. Uh, so Gomez has everything that he needs in order to take that next leap of faith into stardom. And I think this upcoming academic year will be one for Cruz Gomez to really take that leap of faith, like I mentioned, and become one of the headline runners, especially in that South Central Regional. Be on the lookout for him to finish in the top five this year. My picks, Texas escapes Arkansas, like I said, 515 point deficit. I'll go with 12 to be exact, um, but I think the two will dominate the field. And I'll go with the grain here. I'll take Half to Unite to edge out Mathembu from Texas State. And I think they'll both track down Emmanuel Chesabom, who will make a move around 6 7 k Because I do think Chesabom is going to want to go out there and win this race. But I just don't think it'll be enough to beat Knight. And uh, that'll be it for the South Central Regional. We're going to transition now to the last segment of the show. We have Naya Hernandez, funny enough, from Arkansas as well. She'll be joining the show. She's going to break down a few things. Her transfer from Kennesaw State, decision to join the Arkansas Razorbacks, including her high school career, which is one for the ages. One of the best runners in the state of Georgia, especially as a freshman. Impressive resume. Very excited for you to hear what she has to say. Uh, and stick, stick around, and we'll see what she has to say coming up next. Joining us on the outside of the Oval is Arkansas Razorback Nye Hernandez, who recently transferred from Kennesaw State and is opting to spend her remaining three years in beautiful Fayetteville, Arkansas. Nye, thank you so much for joining me today and including the, uh, uh, sarcastically, I'm speaking, <laughs> lovely Clemson flag behind you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Super cool. Yeah. Obviously, I'm a little biased being your teammate for the past two years. Uh, I've been able to see your training, see your racing, yeah. and uh, your decision to your decision to transfer has really flown under the radar. Um, you're an incredibly accomplished runner, like I said. Uh, John, sixteen thirty-nine to five k, twenty-one thirty as a freshman in the six k, and uh, that's really without ever running a ten k, which is what I consider, or at least believe to be, the event you're best built for. Um, so that's a little exciting to have a little bit of potential. Um, and it probably feels a little odd having your transfer, decision to transfer, fly so far under the radar, especially since you landed with such a strong program. Usually the kids that do go to Arkansas get a lot of uh, media attention, picks up somewhere. But back before I knew who you were, you were one of the top girls in Georgia. Uh, so that kind of makes makes this situation a little bit different because when you did commit to Kennesaw State the first time, uh, you did have a lot of press, a lot of media going your way. And uh, yeah. just to rewind a little bit, as a freshman, you quickly made a name for yourself. You won the Georgia State Championship. Uh, you came in 25th mm -hmm. at Foot Locker. Mm -hmm. uh, you ran a 28, you, uh, excuse me, you ran an 18-18 5K. That's pretty impressive. Then you finished <laughs> fourth at the USATF Junior Olympics. Yeah. Uh, so what was it like, just kind of rewind a little bit, uh, experiencing that much success early in your high school career and how that set up the rest of your high school career? Honestly, having like the freshman year I had, <laughs> it was very like, wow, I'm gonna, this is gonna be fun, rest of high school, you know? 
didn't end up how I wanted it. Never really PR'd after that first year. But I was really motivated going to my freshman year of college. And I think having success and failure, like, got me excited to see what I was going to do in the future. So, yeah, a little disappointing, but I was happy with that freshman year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that that's not a regular theme with the girls, yeah. but we do see it often. It happens. Um, yeah. But it did make you a highly talented um recruit out of high school yeah uh, so as you enter your senior year you were an incredibly highly touted recruit and in fact on the, I was on the same visit with you that's all <laughs> yeah and my first my first impression of you was that okay this girl is a program changer and this girl's gonna come in she's gonna change the program and that's kind of what you did the girls team here definitely took a leap after your arrival yeah. uh, what was, to go back a little bit what was the recruiting process like for you kind of run me through who you were considering and ultimately yeah. why you chose Kennesaw State um, so it was kind of different. My recruiting process going into college, I was just like looking for a good coach, someone to bear, like I wanted that really good connection with, liked the training. I really liked the training at Kennesaw. I think it really fit well with me. I liked the workouts that Coach Bray had for me. Good team atmosphere. I really liked that it was close to home. Like I've really never been far from home. So so going out of state was really like, I really don't want to do that. So those were like kind of what I wanted. But I I was really happy with choosing Kennesaw. I think that was a really good experience for me. It was very fun. And I learned so much. And I just like, yeah, I was happy with my decision. Yeah, that's basically not much, though. Very minimal. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, other than Kennesaw State, were some other schools that you oh. had offers to or wanted to visit? Um, I was looking at Furman a lot. I visited there, and I was looking at Queens going D2, but I kind of really wanted to stay D1. But they're really good. Now that they're D1, I'm like, wow. <laughs> but they, that was a really good option. I didn't really have that many options because I only went on one official. That was with Kennesaw. And right, like right when I got there, I was like, I'm going here. I'm, I'm done looking. This is where I want to go. Everything fits all my three boxes that I want. Good team. Coach Bray, I loved him. And the being close to home was really nice. So, yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah, I experienced the same thing. I got home from my visit. I was like, this is where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely a home feel here. Mm -hmm. uh, but at Kennesaw, you capped off freshman season. You ran under 17 in the 5K. That was yeah. a great day for a lot of us. Um, I very know. Fun. Everyone and did so you, well. Yeah. yeah and then fun. you ran a 1652 on the cross-country course the following year. So yeah. that's your freshman cross-country season. Right. And you finished sixth that race at the UNA Showcase. So very early on, you found a lot of success running at Kennesaw. Uh, so how would you describe your first three semesters at Kennesaw? How did it go running-wise? perfectly I think nothing else that I wanted I think it just kept going uphill everything I just my freshman year I definitely was very scared I mean college is so much different than high school I had a lot of goals so I was like I, I want to do this I want to do this but I also was so used to being like having these goals and then by the end of high school I wasn't really reaching them as much so I was like I just trying to keep staying motivated and then when I broke 17 my freshman year I was like oh my gosh I was so happy and then that cross-country race that was super fun really good race for the team as well that was a really good opener for the season 
So, yeah, I was really happy with that. Honestly, nothing else. I was very happy with my first three semesters, yeah. Oh, yeah, they definitely went very well. Yeah. Like, wow, now he's doing something very... Yeah. ...that we don't see many freshmen do. And um, that kind of translated to your fourth semester here. This past yeah. track season, you sneak under 1640 as, yeah. as a sophomore. Uh, at Tennessee Relays, you qualify for the Penn Relays. That's mm -hmm. an awesome experience. Yeah. And at this point, you have cemented yourself as a future contender and a legitimate runner, um, a future contender in the Southeast, really. Uh, when did you start thinking that, hey, maybe I need to leave Kennesaw or explore running somewhere else? What was that decision like? Um, honestly, I really wasn't thinking about it until late, like later on. I was just like, I was really wanting to focus on going to a cross-country focused program. So I was like, I really, with like having the success that Arkansas had and like the other other schools I was looking at, I really wanted that team like going, known for going to nationals and cross country. I really wanted to be part of something like that. It was super, a big goal of mine going into, well, my, like going into college and all of that. So that was a really big factor in it all. <laughs> yeah, Arkansas has a lot of history. In yeah. fact, I was doing a write up on them today for the earlier part of this uh, episode <laughs> and they've won 10 straight South Central championships. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty exciting to be joining that. Yeah. Um, so, like you mentioned, ultimately you ended up at Arkansas. It's yeah. an incredible school, great university, beautiful campus, and it's not only a great running program, but it's probably one of the best, if not the best, well-run athletics program in the country. Yeah. Uh, so, does, what is one other thing that really sold you in Arkansas and made you think, okay, wow, I got to come here? Uh, when I went on my visit, it was just like the team environment I got, it was just super like... Like, I just fit in really well with the girls there. I just, like, immediately, I was like, I, I just need to go here. Like, this is, like, this is my fit. Like, these are, like, the people I want to surround myself with. And, like, I didn't really get that. I mean, I really liked the, the other choices, the visits, but I just didn't get that, like, home feel. Like, I just really enjoyed it a lot. And I, I really liked the whole team atmosphere there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's very important. I mean, you're spending a lot of time with these girls, whether it's yeah. on a run, uh, social hangouts, or even classroom, tend to yeah. get a lot of classes with your teammates. Right. Uh, so that's very important and mm -hmm. feeling at home as well, especially since you've lived so close to home for so yeah. long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so one last question as we're heading into this fall cross country season. In more of a broad question for the next three years, what are some goals you have at Arkansas, maybe team-wise and individually? What, what are you hoping to achieve in Fayetteville? Um, so cross country is really important to me. So I really like being on that national team or the conference team is very, that's a big goal of mine this fall season. And just honestly, just improving on all my times, getting more, just having more experience out there at, the, at those big meets. I'm just really excited about all of that. It will be definitely, a change just being so far away is a lot a lot of things I'm gonna have to get used to when it comes to like running school all of that so I just really want to have fun like just enjoy myself that's basically it yeah 
Yeah, spoken from one out-of-state runner to another, I promise <laughs> this will be okay. Yeah. Uh, it's not as far as you think it is, regardless yeah. of how far it is. Yeah. And you're having a great time. Arkansas is a great school, and you're going to fit in well. Um, yeah. But, Naya, thank you so much for taking your time out of your day yes. and talking to me. I'm yes. looking forward to your upcoming fall season at Arkansas, and uh, I wish you. you and your team uh, nothing but the best moving forward. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, thank you all for listening, and I will catch you next time on Outside the Oval.